We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Are you maximizing your potential to make money? If you know how to do something and you can teach it to others for fun and profit and you're not doing that, then you're leaving money on the table. In this episode, we're going to discuss how to unlock your income generating potential through online courses and teaching other skills that you know. Michael, you ready to jump into this fun one? A hundred percent. Yeah, this is such a great topic. Absolutely. Great. Well, it's a, it's a fun time. And I, I think that we've all had different experiences with teaching others. And we'd love to ask our audience today to jump in with us and you're listening live with us for a reason. We'd love to ask you to just ask us any questions you have about teaching online or share some fears that you have or frustrations that you have about maybe doing it or things that you feel like are barriers. And we'll talk through those today in the conversation. Sounds good. Now, I've got to mention, obviously, you, we're talking generally unlocking your potential to teach other people, but more specifically, I guess, today, online courses. So you've written, what, over 10 books? Are there a lot of bestsellers? You've got over, what is it, 37,000 students on Udemy now for your courses, something like that? Yeah. It's, it's a huge number anyway, and uh, it keeps going up every time we talk about it as well. So I know you're in multiple languages around the world. So obviously, you're a real master of creating a bit of an information empire. So yeah, how do we even get our hands around this big topic because even if we focus in on online courses are still a big yeah. topic what, what's the yeah. starting point for your thinking about this stuff well i i'm a pragmatist uh, i guess and just um, think through these things as sort of just i don't know the way i look at it is um kind of like this i i heard malcolm gladwell recently do a talk and he asked this interesting question it was sort of the thesis behind his book outliers he asked this question are we good at capitalizing on human potential. And he was asking it in the abstract in his talk at Microsoft. And I, as I was listening to it, I thought, okay, that's interesting uh, premise for a book, but really the question could be applied to us personally. You know, am I maximizing uh, my uh, potential for, for earning and for making money? Are, you know, are you Michael maximizing it? Or are each of us listening to this conversation? Are we maximizing our ability to make money. And obviously, as entrepreneurs, as people who are starting their own business, trying to uh, spin up or grow online income, one of the questions is, is there an opportunity to unlock there for making incremental dollars through teaching others? And I, I think that's a compelling place to start. And just asking that question, and because it, it sort of has a derivative set of questions that follow on, you know, like the first one is, you know, how well am I doing it? capitalizing on my talents or on what I know how to do. Second question would be how much money and success could I have from that? You know, what's what's possible there? And then the third question is what impact would that have on me and my business and my life and on the students involved in learning? And I think those questions are really valuable and really important place to start. It's almost like just saying what's the what's the full opportunity for you to you know, use your gifts and talents to make money. And if you're in an Amazon business right now, that's one aspect of your ability to make money. But there are these other abilities that I think are critically important as well. 
So I guess that's where I'd start the conversation. Yeah, I like those questions. So just to reiterate, how well do you capitalize your own talent? What were the other questions? How much money and success would you have if you unlocked your incremental income from teaching? So, you know, how much would, how well would you do with it? And then what impact would that have Hmm. uh, on your own life and the life of others? Yeah. Great questions. I mean, I think for me, coming back to the core listener, the the e-commerce, mostly probably physical product seller that's listening, probably listening. Um, one of the things that strikes me is, especially in the Amazon space, but not only, there's a lot of uh, bad reputation that seems to go with online courses and things. So mm-hmm. one thing that strikes yeah. me immediately is like, if you've built a legitimate business and you really know what you're doing, maybe you kind of owe it to the people out there to tell them something mm-hmm. useful and truthful in your perception. If you perceive that there's a exaggerated or untruthful marketing out there. So yeah. um, there are two ways to react to it, right? I mean, I think one, one mental barrier to overcome is I don't want to be one of those people. And the other one is, hmm, what about if I actually taught people some really great stuff about, you know, grounded in years of, of hard work and, and mm-hmm. success? Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm saying that for the cynical listeners who are thinking, oh, I don't want to be one of those guys. Well, why don't I be the good person who actually helps people, as you say, yeah. and impacts other people's lives in, in, as well in, a, in an honest, positive way, as, as indeed you do? Well, totally right. I mean, I think the, the social good that can happen from teaching others is is super important to think about. I, I'm positioning this as sort of a money opportunity. You're expressing it as a social good. Both are true. And, you know, I, or can be true. And both can, yeah, be, can be true. Yeah. Both can be incorrect <laughs> as well. You can yeah. make no money and you can not help anyone. And so those are so those are yeah. sad realities. But Let's I think the opposite. <laughs> yeah. If you get the combo right, if you're yeah. helpful and it's monetized well, then it's a win-win for everybody involved. You do teach good things and you make uh, a profit doing it. So that's, let's use that suggested framework as the outcome. Yeah, That sounds like a fantastic outcome. Okay, (laughs) so how do we go about that then? You've obviously done this multiple times. So what's your sort of framework for creating courses? Yeah, right. You know, it's it's a relatively simple set of steps that at first blush, you know, it looks like a short and simple list. But there's nuance and complexity in it. So I'll just mention that, you know, the three steps in my mind as I think about creating or, you know, opportunities to unlock your teaching. Number one, identify your unique abilities and outline your knowledge. Number two, identify the best platforms or modalities. And number three, reinvest your proceeds. So a very short list of to do's there. It's yeah. uh, intellectual work, but it is incredibly valuable or can be at least. So we're happy to break these down, but th- those are the, the short steps. So. Yeah, I mean, that does sound kind of alarmingly simple. So yeah, let's get into that <laughs> first one. Um, identify your unique ability and outline your knowledge. I mean, obviously, kind of sounds simple, but I guess it's obviously not because when you, I don't know how many people listening have tried to do this, but I've certainly done this multiple times now and sitting down outlining things, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the problem of too much, isn't it? I mean, I could kind yeah. of teach people about driving a car, but I guess I wouldn't be that valuable given that millions of people can do it already. But then is it? Yeah. I don't know. And then you start questioning yourself. So how do you get a handle on that, that very big topic? Well, I think it starts within you, your unique abilities and your unique interest, enthusiasms, you know, passion for a topic, you, you want to lean into what you already have as a strength. Uh, and that's the place to start. Don't chase op- opportunity. Don't, you know, don't go after something you think will be popular, even though you don't know anything about it. Go for something that you have as a core trade skill that you would say, oh, I could, te- I, I could teach anybody this because I'm 
you know, competent at it. I'm, I'm, I've done it for a long time. And th- that's the first thing. The phrase unique ability is, I guess, popularized by Dan Sullivan, a really, really, you know, successful coach, a coach of coaches, really. Strategic coach is his program name. And he talks all about this idea of finding a set of behaviors or actions that you're uniquely good at with either your natural giftings or your ability gained over many, many long years of toil, you know, you either, you either come by it naturally or you just grind it out and you perfect a gift over time and or both and get good at something. And I think that's the really important thing to think through is, you know, how do you, how do you get that um, clarity in your own heart and mind about what you are good at? And you might say to yourself, well, I'm good at a few things that aren't really that popular or that aren't really that kind of commercially interesting to a lot of people. The internet's a big place. You'd be surprised. It wouldn't take very much for a hundred people to be aggregated together to learn a specific topic or a thousand people. And that's really the exercise involved. And so that's the first piece is unique ability. The second piece that I have here in the notes is outline your knowledge, outline your knowledge. I think the trade skill of real trade skills here, is to get very good at outlining and cons- condensing and synthesizing information. And, and I'll, the only thing I just sex- suggest to people is get journals and get in the habit of like, this is my, this, this journal is ridiculous. This is from Barnes and Noble. This is like, I don't even know what it is. This is like 15 inches tall. And it is, I'm holding it up for those that are watching us live. It's a massive journal. And all I do, this, this is one of my journals. All I do is just outline, outline, outline. And if I watch a show, if I read a book, whatever, I'd love to just kind of outline what, what is this person saying? What are the steps involved? And I have, I mean, literally a pile of journals next to me here. And I think that synthesis is the basis of uh, a good uh, teaching you know, practice. And so, I, I would just encourage people to get in the habit of that. And if you already do that, then you already have a gold mine of synthesized knowledge that you can just say, hey, you know, there's six steps to this. Hey, did you know that so-and-so always does four steps every time he does this? Hey, did you know that Amazon wants you to do the following five things? Hey, did you know that for podcast success, you really just need to do 46 different things? Or whatever <laughs> <it> is. steps. <laughs> yeah, that popular 46-step framework. Um, but joking apart, I I really love that. It's great to see the workings of your mind, dude, on on that that, uh, notebook. Never seen Mm -hmm. that before, obviously, if you're listening to the audio podcast. I mean, it's just a a handwritten series of of steps in in a giant journal over a foot high. That's very, very cool. So I guess what you're saying is that you're... It, it comes down to a habit of of thinking and a habit of analysis and documentation, but in the, yeah. the, the way that you have of simplifying things. Yeah. When we write outlines, yeah. I have a habit of writing outlines for the podcast that are sort of twelve point, yeah. you know, twelve steps, and each one's got step twelve A, twelve B. Maybe it's comes yeah. from my my dad's lawyer genes, and you tend to yeah. simplify it right down, which <laughs> I think is absolutely the right way to to communicate better. Yeah. And this is for one those, of your other journals. Wow. For the, I guess I'm doing a show and tell for journals. For those uh, who are watching us live with us, I, this is my smallest journal. And this I've had for probably 15 years. It is a, a unique journal for me. And you can see in my, like, oh, my ridiculous notes. Like, how can that many post-it notes in a book be helpful? But this, this little journal, what I started doing was I would write down quotes that I thought were incredibly valuable or meaningful. And so it's gone back a long way now. 
And I would only do like the best ones and, and little, little lists like, okay, purchasing power. There are five steps to purchasing power. That's on that, that page. The next page, leveraging earned income to create passive and portfolio income. And there's a little chart, like all of these little ideas and snippets, I would just document and journal. And I've referred to this thing more times than you can imagine. And so I guess that's the idea here that I'm suggesting everybody start to take. And it's good for you anyway, just to learn stuff. But it really creates a powerful toolkit for teaching. Amazing. I, I love this very much. I, I just had no idea that that was how you operated, despite our many conversations. So this is revelation to me. Fascinating stuff. There you Bit go. Of a look inside the creative process reminds me of, of back in the day, my, my classical world. I mean, Beethoven was famous for going walking with notebooks and he'd stop and scribble down ideas. And Duke Ellington also apparently said to some guy, he said, like, you know, when somebody you come up with those music ideas, those ones you write down straight away because they're very valuable. So they recognize mm-hmm. the value of, of ideas. Interesting. Yeah. So tell me a bit about this. The next piece then that, that we haven't talked about is really, I suppose we talked about a lot of things with physical product development last time we spoke. And one of the things was trying to stick to what you understand and, and, and have good you know, industry uh, mm-hmm. craft knowledge, if you like, as you've said the same thing. But one of the things that I have tended to do uh, and have, I guess maybe this is good and maybe this is over analysis is looking at the keyword research. And then I've often oh, managed to get mm-hmm. to the point for maybe 15 years ago, I started thinking mm-hmm. about creating some kind of, you know, training type, information type products. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'd look at the keyword research and I'd say, oh, other people are doing this stuff or it doesn't look uh, powerful enough or who am I mm-hmm. to do this stuff? So where is the line between legitimate keyword research and, and sort of head trash and how do you differentiate that? Yeah, I think it's incredibly valuable to do some of that work as you take this next step, which is now that you've got tons of ideas and things that you've aggregated and you know your unique abilities, the question, of course, is what is a hungry market out there available you know, to, to consume the information? And all things being equal, if there are 10 topic angles or 10 associated ideas related to trade skill, you do want to find the nuance in it as best you can. And to find what the key phrases are people are searching for, the terms they use, those types of things can be incredibly helpful. So, I mean, I think when it comes down to actually taking this step towards course production, the keyword research, particularly for phrases and terms, you know, we are funny little thing we always say in this podcast is we're the number one podcast on Spotify if you use the E or the dash between the E and the C. Well, if you don't use the dash between the E and the C in e-commerce, then we're not number one. Well, that's key phrase research and understanding what people typically type into, you know, these these marketplaces and online uh, tools. And that is important. I mean, that it does it does help polish the opportunity. I think all things being equal, you know, that's that's a nuance that's important to make incremental success occur. The bigger topic is probably just what is the topic, the trade skill yourself that you're teaching. And is that trendy of interest or not? And I would just say, you learn your way through that as you go. You know, for the first three books I wrote with McGraw-Hill, they were all about social media. And after each one, I was like, I wrote a book. It's at Barnes & Noble. You know, it's it's being translated around the world. And and But social media wasn't the thing that I was really passionate about. I was passionate about small business and growing business. I was passionate about the general marketing. Social media was just one angle that I had a, a voice to speak into, I guess. But I realized that over time, as I went to the conferences, you know, I'd I'd be asked to speak at a conference occasionally. It was not like I was a big in-demand thing. But but when I'd go there, I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure these are my people. 
you know, these are all 22 year old social media managers. And where's the boss? You know, like where's the business owner? Where's the guy who or gal who started the business and who was trying to make it a success? I want to talk to that person. And so, you know, you find over time, not only what the online community wants, you also find what you you want to teach and who you want to, I guess, be a hero to, as Dan Sullivan says, but, you know, who you want to work with. And that's a learning and discovery process as well. Interesting that it's, it feels less uh, keyword driven, sort of intellectually kind of, what's the word, process driven than, than I was kind of expecting really. And I guess the thing that's different between ordering your own unique products as we talked about yesterday, when you might spend six, nine months, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 with your first sort of serious order yeah. versus creating a, a course. Of course, it's going to take time and effort, but I suppose yeah. you can afford to literally afford as in financially to make a few sort of stumbles and kind of find your way to getting a, a match between who you are and what you offer and what you mm -hmm. care about yeah and the market is is that fair or is it more structured than that or is it really a kind of piecemeal process it's totally fair and i think that every person who thinks about doing you know unlocking their ed your ability to teach should think of it like a catalog business you know, th think of it like not a one-time life-changing course that you're going to launch and then, you know, the rest will be history. Think of it more like uh, you're a Sunday school teacher and the next Sunday's coming and you've got to have, uh, you've got to have something to share. And so think of it more like a catalog where you're going to build over time, topic number one, topic number two, topic number three, and you'll find your way forward. If you treat it as a one and done and you hope to monetize it on it as a one and done, you either will be very, you know, unhappy with the outcome. You'll be moderately happy or you'll be extremely happy, but chances are you'll be unhappy with the outcome. But if you say, I'm going to do this 10 times in the next 10 years and get better at it each time, then, you know, you're, you'll find your way forward for both the content and for, you know, how to do all the work involved. This is really excellent advice. I can say as a sort of crash test dummy of, of the kind of danger of creating a life-changing single giant course that I've yeah. done that. I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I, I guess I emulated the courses that I'd personally taken, which would solve yeah. for a lot of money back in the day. And, and in retrospect, we're just a bit crazily unwieldy because it, it forces mm -hmm. you as a student to put all your faith in one person because you spent so much money mm -hmm. in one place which is not healthy but also as the creator what i've done is create a monster and I, I i just about enough people go through the course to look at the completion stats and i think you know yep. two or three people out of maybe 100 that took the course managed to get 50 percent of the course done yep. uh, that's yep. not a good statistic because it was just too much so like 300 videos it was just yep. the most complete amazon course in the world but i mean what i should have done in retrospect is break it into multiple smaller courses yeah geared to people with different needs and then it's kind of easy to say now looking back and that's yeah. kind of what i've been in the process of doing is kind of starting to create courses modes of of interaction that really focus on more specific needs but it's taken me a long time to get to that i guess because well, it's it's yeah. hard to let go of the model you learn initially maybe that's, that's what, what i was going to say is you were modeled something that mm -hmm. you replicated and it was a big yeah. massive course that cost a lot of money yeah. obviously podcasting is just the opposite it's yes. free to listeners and it is a micro you know topics broken down and so yeah i i do think that that that's part of it is is learning your way forward through that so there you go. I mean, hopefully this is helpful so far. And I would just say, if you're listening to this, give us a shout out. Say hello if you're listening live with us uh, as we record this. And I'd uh, love to have you throw in uh, to the chat what your unique ability or skill is that you think you could teach on. You don't have to go into detail. Just you know, maybe say the broad topic. I'm good at 
the following. So feel free to leave a comment underneath wherever you're watching this live with us and uh, and we'll weave that into the topics and conversation here. So Sounds good. And I no. would say for anyone who's listened to the podcast as well, that you could do the same thing. I mean, just uh, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, if you're driving, don't do this. But, yeah. you know, once you've got a, a moment to sit down with a piece of paper and just, just make that same yeah. list would be yeah. very valuable, I think. Yeah. Good. So you mentioned platforms. Obviously, I sort of kind mm-hmm. of uh, took us a bit of a ride down the, the path of the idea of getting the, the perfect kind of course and i guess through painful amounts of keyword mm-hmm. research and actually it turns out you don't need to have that mentality but nevertheless like you mentioned that the different platforms have different supply and demand on so mm-hmm. how do we even decide which of the many options to go for well ladies and gentlemen hope you enjoyed that as much as i did always great to talk to jason about one of his huge areas of expertise which is creating not only books and not only courses but the whole thing of thinking through digital content creation and let me just say again, if you are listening to this and you are a physical product retailer or um, a wholesaler or you think of yourself as such, I would really, really encourage you to follow Jason's example and that of some of his clients. And I'm trying to persuade my clients right now to start this journey and think instead of what else could your current customers need? I was going to say, what else can you sell your current customers? I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking that way, but what else might they need that might be delivered in the form of a digital product? such as a book or a course or anything else. An online membership is something we haven't really discussed, but that Jason and uh, Cinnamon, his wife, do actually offer as part of their e-commerce business. Those kinds of questions could you lead you to, to have an uncommon competitive advantage. Most people I know are very physical product centered in e-commerce and kind of dismiss digital marketing, digital products rather, as a separate kind of product and it is a separate product but it doesn't need to be a separate business i would argue we've discussed that elsewhere but i thought it's reiterating uh, worth reiterating so today we really talked about this idea of malcolm gladwell gave that uh, jason expressed which is how good are we at capitalizing on human talent which is a really good question and how well do we capitalize on our own talent how much more money could we make if we unlocked an incremental income from teaching others, obviously Jason is a living example of the the answer is it can be pretty substantial. And what would the impact of that on our lives be over time? The same kind of questions you'd ask about your own physical products business if you have one, but there is nothing to stop you add a digital component to that. If you don't have a business, there is nothing to stop you deciding to create the digital part first it's not either or it's both and so really jason's outlined that we've got three steps to teaching um others and and how to create this digital product wing to an existing business or indeed separate business the first thing being identifying your unique ability and outlining your knowledge we had a great example of that today from jason with his notebooks which if you watch the video version you'll see in a couple of notebooks he's got that he's had for years that he he takes quotes that are really cool or outlines somebody else's processes and and just really puts it all together and documents things. And that's very, very cool. I do, I suppose, my own version of that. I haven't got physical notebooks, but I have a lot of um, notes that I've taken over the decades. So very much a habit to get into or to structure better if you're already doing that. And um, I think a lot of this comes down to confidence and being able to, you know, actually (laughs) dare to put yourself into action we'll talk a bit more about that in the next couple of episodes but think of it as a catalog business is also another thing that struck me very hard first of all it's not one and done i personally created a a monster video course 
that I would therefore recommend nobody else does that. <laughs> creating a one monster course is much worse than creating you know little bite-sized or absorbable bits of content, whether that's a book or a course or whatever else it may be. So that really also ties in beautifully with the e-commerce thinking, whereas you have a physical product catalog. I would encourage you to think in terms of creating a digital product catalog that over time complements and works with, not instead of, but as well as, the physical products and if you are in that position as some of jason's clients are then i think you're in a really strong position unless we forget in 2021 this is the year when the costs of physical products itself but above all their freight has really exploded for most of the people i work with and that's a difficult scenario and i do think that digital products could be an obvious logical and very powerful response to that so i hope you've enjoyed today's uh, session as ever please don't forget to subscribe we are actually running a contest at the moment for the subscription so if you go to www.contest.theecommerceleader.com that is contest.theecommerceleader.com you could be in a running all you've got to do is subscribe to the podcast on on your favorite player whichever one that is spotify google and um, apple Podcasts being the most common i guess and you could win a 250 visa gift card so do go and subscribe to that and of course don't forget to subscribe to the show keep listening if you're interested in this topic and next time we're going to be discussing the second of uh, the three uh, parts of this, which is identifying the best platform or modality, which is the way of delivering things. Is it a video course? Is it a book, etc.? And that's also a fascinating discussion. So stick around for that. But meanwhile, thank you so much for listening to the e-commerce leader podcast. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.